0: You're listening to the Business Marketing Show, episode number fifty seven. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Hi, this is Ed K. Smith from Online Impact. And I'm here with my co-host, Brendan Tully from the Search Engine Shop, and we're going to be discussing keyword research today. How are you, Brendan? Oh, hi, Ed. How's it going? Very good, thank you, mate. Very good indeed. Are uh, you, uh, you going well? I'm <laughs> well, thanks. So, keyword research, something yeah. that people forget all about, but they have to do when they get started on a SEO campaign or a AdWords campaign? Well,
1: Keywords and keyword research, I think there's a lot of... Uh misconceptions around keywords I think you Mm can probably say that um or all kind of people uh well a lot of business owners that I work with anyway I don't know about you but have kind of half the story or half the information so um I guess there's it's not surprising as there's a lot of stuff online and information around generally except the information that's now out of date so um yeah I guess it would be good to talk about um, our approaches to keyword research and keywords and share some knowledge, I suppose?
0: Yes, because we have been looking at keywords and dealing with them for a long time. So we sort of just have it as second nature to what we're doing. But a lot of people don't know where to begin. And it does all begin with the words that people type into the search engine box, whether that's on Google or wherever else they're searching. Uh, And that's how search engines work based on keywords. It's not uh, social media different story so yeah so,
1: uh, so yeah I mean I think we take for granted that things have changed because uh, I know we've definitely changed the way we do keyword research and keyword targeting for customers and probably take for granted a bit the way we've reacted to some of the changes in the marketplace but um, I guess we, should we go through our points one by yeah, one Yeah, absolutely. kind of discuss um, the bits and pieces so I guess the first one I'll just go through top to bottom of the list we have here. So what a lot of people don't know is that particularly for even AdWords, well SEO and AdWords, keywords and the search results or keywords and they rank differently for different devices, different locations, and in some cases for different people depending on their search history and Google settings. So I think one thing that I see around quite a lot recently, our company's doing the we guarantee you'll rank, don't pay until you rank kind of nonsense. But, you know, if you dig into that fine print, it's, well, ranking for what keyword and what device and which location, um, even, you know, between the search results on an iPhone are different to the search results on an Android phone, you know. So a lot of people don't know that, that the search results are skewed like that.
0: True, true. And, you know, there's a lot of companies who are in the SEO game out there who can actually get you to rank... Uh, for, you know, keyword terms that they put in front of the client as something that's important, but quite often they're not. Uh, And the volume of the search around those keyword terms or what we would classify as long-tail keyword terms is not very high. So uh, there's less competition and quite often easier to get ranked for that as Mm -hmm. opposed to something that's really competitive. So,
1: yeah. The search results do change. Quite often, I get emails from customers we manage AdWords for and they've been doing some searches and they can't see their AdWords ads and they're all panicked and, you know, my ads aren't working but they've, been, they've searched the same search term 10 times in a row and, of course, Google rotates the ads through and if you don't click on an ad, it will stop showing it for you. So, you know, that's another example of search results are actually different for different people as well. So, um, that's something to, to keep in mind and very important to be aware of because really, I guess... You know, the being number one, but I guess that leads us into the next point. Being number one or actually showing up in the search results isn't the full picture. Like in the past, you could, you know, be number one of Google, you'd get the clicks and you'd be almost guaranteed to get a call. But that doesn't really work like that today. So being actually showing up is just part of the puzzle, actually attracting the click because the search results look so different today and the layout's different on different devices. So mm. just because you show up at the top, doesn't mean you'll get a click, and just because you get a click doesn't mean people are going to pick up the phone and call you, or buy, or send an email, or whatever. So, uh,
0: no, that's right. Often the first place they start is that first click, and they just often will click on it automatically without even sometimes reading mm-hmm. what it is. That's been a lot of our experiences with with the the higher uh, rankings, whether it's in SEO or AdWords, is it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to convert more. Um, Quite often, in terms of AdWords, if we're sort of second or third, we would get better conversions if we're than if we're sitting at number one. So a bit strange, and it sort of seems opposite to what you would think, but that's quite often how it can be.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll, at the end of the day, the end goal is to get the inquiry or call or email or whatever it is. It's not to be at the top of Google. So I think there's this blind quest to do everything and anything to be at the top of Google and we'll ignore any other advice, like one... A struggle that I have on an ongoing basis, and I don't know if you have it, but we have clients getting a lot of traffic. They have all the AdWords traffic there is and they want to look at other keywords to rank for, whereas the better approach is actually to look at the website and see what we can prove, get more of those visitors to turn into customers. And the big one is always, you know, they'll have stock photography on the website. And we've talked about this so much. Um, but yeah, instead of focusing on more broader keywords, you know, Focus on the website and you know, things like we've talked about in other episodes, live chat and you know, proper photo- photos of your people and your products and your place of business and that sort of stuff. So I think if your strategy around online marketing and Google and everything else is I want to be number one, I think you are potentially headed for some trouble.
0: Yeah, that's it. I mean, the, look at the end of the day, the, the keywords have to be relevant to the content on your website and the pages you're sending them to. So it's no good ranking for a keyword term that is going to get you traffic, but it's not necessarily relevant to a lot of the things you've got on your site. So you need to be able to match those keyword terms with the the content or the products or the services that you're selling. It's, not, it's no good getting traffic for a keyword term that is you know, very loosely related to what you're doing, but you think it's going to get conversions just because there's a lot of people searching for it. Yeah, that's That just doesn't work. You, you'll get traffic, but they'll just go, oh, this is a waste of time, and they'll click the back button. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the
1: the next point we have here is the search intent versus your website purpose. And we've talked about this before, but, you know, and I think the example we used before was accommodation in the southwest of Western Australia. If you're, you know, say if you're in Margaret River, the purpose of your website is to sell your accommodation at Margaret River, and it might be luxury accommodation. So, someone searching Margaret River accommodation, they have pretty... The intent versus your purpose, it matches pretty well. Um, but someone searching for, say, for example, pet friendly accommodation, Margaret if you're not pet friendly, then that search intent doesn't match your purpose. Uh, or if someone's searching for Southwest accommodation uh, or accommodation in Southwest of WA, they have very loose search intent and that also doesn't match your purpose. So I think it doesn't, quality beats quantity, I think is
0: what's important there you think. Yeah, ab- absolutely because it, it's no good for trying to rank if you're um, a company that's, you know, that sells shoes online, um just trying to rank for a keyword term like shoes, which is extremely broad, could be a, you know, massive waste of energy and time, particularly if you're paying for advertising. I mean, if you end up fortunately getting a ranking for uh, shoes and you're high up in organic search, well that's not such an issue, but yeah, when you're paying for the traffic you certainly want to get as much as you can from each keyword term yeah. so just targeting shoes would be a waste of time you'd want to be very specific like a model of shoe or a brand of shoe like a nike whatever the type of shoe is you know yeah. so that's something you would have as a keyword term that you're trying to attract traffic for because it's very specific and it matches the product that you have in stock so you just it really I mean it's logical keyword research is really very logical when you break it down uh, just for some reason, people, they do tend to just go for volume rather than focus. So it needs to be other around you've got to focus and not worry so much about the volume. You could have a lot of what we call long-tail keyword terms that consist of three or four or five uh, keyword terms in a phrase. If you have multiples of those that are relevant, the volume will soon build up. So you don't have to try and go for a very broad phrase like shoes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And I think the problem is, there's a lot of too good to be true stuff out there as well. And we see it in the workshops, people with, the, you know, if I do this to my website, I'll be number one on Google, whereas, you know, that stuff, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is like, if you take away all the nonsense, and all that stuff you hear and just think about it logically, you know, it's pretty easy to work out, you just got to take away the noise and use some common sense, I think.
0: Yes, common sense, unfortunately, though, is not common practice. As <laughs> oh, lordy. Okay, so what's next, my friend? Keyword research tools. Okay, well, the, the most common and easiest accessible one is the Google Keyword Planner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that if you've got a, a Google AdWords account already, you can just access that within the tools at the top of the page. Uh, and that that allows you to actually input uh, the keyword term. You can also be specific about uh, the area or the geographical area that you want to pull the data from. So if if your target market, say, for example, just in Sydney or in Perth or wherever it is, you can put that in rather than just going for the country uh, and that will break things down. So that's a good tool to start using and you can manipulate it in many other ways and that's completely free to use. Now, the data is very, you know, it's not exact. Um, Google gives you sort of approximate numbers per per month, what the searches are, but it's a good guideline. I mean, you're going to know whether a keyword term is getting roughly 10 clicks a month or 10,000, you know, so at least that'll give you some idea of what the search volume is. Mm-hmm. So just to be clear, what is a keyword research tool, Ed? Well, the what is a keyword research tool, or is this what is that particular one? What is a you know, broadly defined what does it allow you to do? It allows you to input the keyword terms you want to target to then um, assess the volume uh, of keyword searches per month and then work out whether there's a lot of competition uh, for that keyword term or a little. And then you can determine whether you're going to use that particular keyword term in your marketing or in your ads or target it for SEO. Mm -hmm. What's your definition?
1: (laughs) Well, pretty much along the lines there. Unfortunately, when we first started doing workshops, you could get all this raw data that was exactly accurate. So you could, if you were a dentist in Perth, you could type in dentist Perth and see exactly how many searches there were. On average, each month for that term, and you could actually in Google Analytics, you could see exactly how many people were coming to your website from that term. You know, and then you could search other things like cosmetic dentistry, teeth whitening, and all this and see basically get exactly, you know, an exact picture of what the demand looks like in the search engines. And when that would allow you to target, you know, specific services that would be easy to sell online. But unfortunately, now that was like, I guess when we started 2011, 2012, um, all that data was available it was this raw data that was very high quality but Google have made a lot of steps. You can't get that um, to to kind of blur the data and even the the keyword planner used to be called the keyword research tool and even the data in that is pretty weak compared to how it used to be or the, ex, I guess, the accurateness, the ex, uh, uh, how precise the data is um, mm. and you can't see that keyword data at all anymore on Google Analytics so no, you can only see someone, someone came from the Google search results, in 99% of cases, you won't see what keyword they use, but you can see what page they landed on, which is somewhat useful, but not like it was in the past, unfortunately. But they're still, conspiracy still pretty powerful. Theory
0: really, tell me the, consi- the theory. Well, the conspiracy, I don't think it's a theory. I personally think, well, the reason that Google are doing that in terms of that, and we're, and we're only talking about the organic search results. here. We're not talking about your AdWords uh, campaign. You're seeing the keyword terms that are, Getting results for that. So why why can they show it with their paid system, but not with their organic one? And they're using a privacy, yeah, you know, search uh, reason protection of, of data or whatever for, for not showing in in the organic. But what's different about the paid one? I don't understand myself. Yeah, why the two are different? Uh, I th- I think it's really a push to get more and more people onto the paid advertising side of things. Um as opposed to to going after the organic, because they don't make any money in the organic listings. Yeah. That's zero income for them. Yeah, that's right. So,
1: I agree. I don't think Google makes any change that doesn't benefit them somehow. You know, Even if they get a 0.01% improvement in the AdWords revenue, that's still 0.01% improvement on billions of dollars. So, mm, Got to keep those shareholders happy, yeah, buddy. Yeah, that, that subtle little change makes a big difference. Um, for In terms of keyword research, one other thing we do a lot, um, you know, particularly for more traditional businesses where it's very cut and dry what people are going to be searching. So let's use the dentist example again. Instead of we can use the keyword planner and work out roughly how much budget they'll need a month. So we'll, you know, we'll look at the data and say they need two thousand dollars a month to capture all the a dentist in Perth needs mm-hmm. two grand a month to capture all the, the searches for dentist Perth. It's definitely more than that, but you know, that say that for example. And then we'll run that search for the month, you know, the thirty days and then because AdWords is one of the only places we can get keyword data now that's really precise, then we'll actually use the AdWords data to feed back in and tweak our keyword targeting accordingly. So in a sense, using an AdWords campaign on a you know with a trial budget on a short-term basis, a month or three months is one of the best keyword research tools. And also because keyword research tools are still historical data based on averages it's never going to be as precise as an adwords campaign that is real data for that particular location and you know for your particular business and that particular time period so Mm. that's one other way to do it as well
0: yeah true i just put in i've got the keyword uh, planner tool open now and i just put in dentist perth as an example um and it's they, they give you rounded off numbers, like they don't give you very specific, you know, uh, mm-hmm. quantities. I think. They round it off from the nearest 10, I think. Um, and Dentist Perth is that particular search term, about a thousand searches a month. So, mm-hmm. um, average cost, suggested cost per click $26 a click. Wow, that's gone off <laughs> quite a bit.
1: Yeah, we have a few <laughs> clients who are advertising for that term. And when we first started, four or five years ago it started at four or five dollars and only i know 12 months ago i had a discussion with one client that it went up to it was sitting around the 15 dollar mark um and we had to make the decision because they're i think the the bid we had set was 11 dollars, and it was kind of a big discussion to go from 11 to 15 because if you think about it that's a 30 percent increase in what you're spending roughly mm. um, a little bit more so you know that just kind of indicates how much this stuff is jumping up and yeah, It's also how valuable it is. So.
0: Yeah, well, it comes down to it. In terms of keyword terms, uh, it's governed by the marketplace. So these prices, as far as we all know, are not influenced or set by Google. Um, I might be wrong about that, but only Google would know. But it's really driven by the marketplace. So ultimately, if you're, for example, if the keyword term, uh, Dentist Perth was only going to produce you know, $20 income from that conversion then no one's going to be spending $26 a click on it because they're going to lose money instantly um, even if they were converting 100% of their visitors they're still not going to make any money mm-hmm. so really it comes down to, to common sense a lot of the time so I think it, it has to reach a, a limit where people are prepared that's the most they're going to pay
1: yeah it will reach um, an equilibrium I think also uh, and we, I think we briefly touched on this with the, in the episode we had with Lisa, um, Lisa Reed, who's a mm. business consultant. About a lot of business owners don't know their numbers. So, um, you know, for example, in your example there, you have you know, someone who a customer who buys something that costs twenty dollars. You know that doesn't take into account the lifetime value of that customer. So, if the lifetime value of that customer is five hundred dollars, then it's worth losing money on that first transaction if that's what the average lifetime value is. So, I think it's very True. important yeah. that you know your cost of profit per sale on average, particularly of certain items, but also mm. the lifetime value of customers. So, I know I would rather like in our business, we've changed the way we we do things a little bit to focus more on, you know, instead of looking at that initial sale, we look at the broader lifetime value of the customer. And that means we can afford to spend more than competitors on marketing because, if we look after the customers and keep them for three to five years, then you know they're worth more to us than you know another business who treats them like crap and they've lost the customer after a year. So we can afford to spend, outspend that competitor, and get a better share of the customers. So I think that's yeah. an important number to be aware of, and also kind of highlights that you need to be focused on not just new customer acquisition strategies, but also customer retention strategies. So if you can keep a customer, it's a lot cheaper to keep a customer than it is to acquire new ones. So, definitely, you know, something like we've talked before about email marketing is one of the cheapest ways to keep customers and keep in touch with them. So I think that it needs to be a part of your marketing strategy as well. And for a lot of businesses... That's one of the first things we suggest, particularly e-commerce businesses, because you know it's an easy win. They have a list of customers, the client details what they've bought, you know and it's very easy to plug that data into something like Mailchimp and send some broadcast emails to get them back.
0: Mm, yeah, very true. And look most people I think who use this tool aren't factoring any of that stuff in at all. they're only looking at the the keyword term and the search volume and not factoring anything else in. Mm-hmm. Uh, And it's quite a bit, it's a big job. If you've got lots of products and lots and variations of services, then you potentially could have thousands or tens of thousands of keyword terms. So that can be quite a lot to manage uh, in terms of working out the conversions, et cetera. So um, we've produced a keyword uh, or value per visitor calculator tool probably at least, I don't know, 10 years ago. That we give to people. Um, so, if anyone wants a copy of that, they can just send us a message in the show notes, and we'll. I'm happy happy to send them a copy of that, and that helps them actually calculate whether a particular keyword term is going to be viable based on um, what they're selling and what it's going to cost to get the traffic and the conversion on their website. So. If you can at least do some sort of forward planning with your keywords and have an idea of uh, how it's actually going to play out, then you will know whether it's worth spending the twenty dollars a click or the five dollars a click, whatever it is, to to get the traffic in the first place. Yeah, yeah, it's important.
1: I mean, we also have clients who, in the oil and gas industry, they might spend a few hundred dollars a month on the ad campaign, and they get a whole bunch of clicks, not many, but you know, they get some clicks, and you know, maybe one of those clicks will convert, but you know, one of those jobs is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, you know, it really is about knowing the numbers and making sure they stack up.
0: Yeah, look, it certainly is easier for businesses that have a high-ticket item. They're selling high-profit point as well um, because that is not such a, a stress on the conversion side of things. Obviously, it's always better, you know, the higher conversions you're getting, the better. But uh, if they're selling low-price-point low, prof- low price point products that are very... Um, Oh, what's the word? Trying to think of the word, Brendan. Consumer goods. Consumer goods, yeah. Consumer goods. Yeah. That that type of product. Uh that's just a consumable product. That's it, you know. So they you know easy for other people just to compare what they're what they're selling and they go to the cheapest one. That's a harder gig to to deal with in terms of keyword terms. So if you've got a service that's um based on a higher price point, I think you've got a better chance with AdWords compared to something yeah, else. So,
1: yeah. For us, like businesses that are specialty or there's only a few or they're in a remote area, original area, those are generally better candidates for AdWords at that small business level. So, True, true.
0: Cool. So what else have we got what on next? the list?
1: Okay, I, I'm getting this more and more, obviously, because more small business owners are doing stuff online and the attention moved completely online. But... Keyword-rich domain names don't work like they used to, so I get at least a few times a month calls, hey, someone offered me this domain name that is, it's okay. uh, It's nothing fancy. And, you know, should I buy it? He wants a 1000 bucks for it or whatever it is. Um, And my answer is generally, well, one, if we want to rank for that term, why don't you talk to me? We can run some ads and we can, you know, do some SEO. Um, And the second is that keyword-rich domain names don't work like they used to. Um, In that sense, in the past, you could have 20 different domain names, different keywords and you'd be able to, that would be an advantage, a traffic advantage, but it doesn't work like that, um, well, in the SEO space anyway, because things have changed. Um, It does, you know, it's it's a bit different in the AdWords space, but um, we've talked about this on the, I think, on the domain names episode that... You really can only use one of those keyword-rich domain names, and that's it. So, one if it's the primary domain name, then it's going to give you some advantage from a ranking perspective. Uh, if not, unless it's like a very generic term like cars.com.au or something like that, then you're not really going to get much benefit after you have used kind of the first slot.
0: Yeah, I mean, all things being equal, any site can rank well regardless of whether it's keyword-rich or not. If the if it's dealt with appropriately, um, I think the thing that I keep coming back to with domains in terms of a marketing perspective and not anything to do with SEO is that if you've got a keyword rich domain that's short and memorable, that makes it easier in terms of general marketing uh, and people remembering to go back to your site again and having those people come back from their first experience of going to your site. And um, it also – and we've tested this many times in in the past – uh, in terms of AdWords, as you mentioned before, you do have some advantage we've found with a generic keyword term that's displayed in the ads. So people, you know, if, they, if they're searching on uh, Perth Dentist and they see perthdentist.com.au, then that's resonating with what they've just typed in. So there is some extra leverage with having that. But in terms of SEO, I agree, you no, know, that there's no distinct advantage with having a keyword rich domain. Um, After uh,
1: after there is well, after the first domain. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're building a brand new site for a client that they haven't had a site before, the old site hasn't really ranked. What we'll often do is say, "Hey, this is the term you want to rank for." The domain's actually available. Say, you know, let's go back to our dentist example: dentist Perth. Mm -hmm. Um, So we use the dentist Perth as the primary domain name, and then we'll use the brand name. You know, Perth Dental Centre, for example, as the secondary domain name. So, on all the print material and stuff like business cards, brochures, whatever, they use the Perth Dental Centre, and then that just redirects through seamlessly. And you know, Google sees the dentist Perth domain name, so they get kind of the double mm. benefit. They use the pretty one yep. for the branding that matches the brand, and then on uh, on the internet Google sees the keyword rich one so they rank higher for that and it's better for AdWords as well
0: yeah yes I mean everything has to be assessed on a base by base you know situation because the keyword term quite often with a lot of businesses out there their business name is the same like if, if you've got a really good generic keyword term uh, companies will actually call call themselves the actual domain name um, and that's that's very common with uh, with high quality domains because they're building in that whole brand and memorability all into the same thing. So so if you had a really good domain name, that's probably the one to go with rather than something you've made up that's harder to remember. But that's why you've got to look at everything individually um, and assess um,
1: it. If it's too good to be true, it probably is rule applies. So you know, these random calls are getting out of the blue, people trying to sell your domain for thousands, probably too good to be true in most cases, I think from the stuff that's filtering through to me. There's still opportunities out there, but uh, you know, I don't think that a lot of this stuff is overpriced for the benefit and it actually takes a lot of technical expertise to implement these things properly in the first place. So even you know, mm. if there's a benefit, you know, don't just assume that your web developer knows what to do with that keyword-rich domain name or set it up in a way because it can be quite technical to set up to do it mm. properly to set it up in a way that is going to give you that benefit.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, mean, well, I get them all the time because I own a lot of domains. I'm always getting emails in from someone trying to sell me a domain that's similar to one I have, and often it'll be a .dot info and this, you know, great yeah. opportunity. You get this .dot info domain that's the same as the one you've got, and going no, yeah. or a
1: plural that just doesn't make sense. Like it's yeah, a, the plural yeah.
0: nobody would ever use. So that's right. Yeah, yeah. so it's, yeah, buy beware, do your research. Yeah. So, next on the list for keyword research. This is a, a funny
1: one. And speaking of magic bullets, this is, and, and you know, I think it's hilarious that we we both get these calls where, you know, I have this opportunity, someone's selling me this domain name, should I buy it? And then there are other actually easy wins that are, you know, they require maybe a little bit of work, but they actually do work and nobody does them. Like we've talked about photography is one of those, but... You've got to, particularly more today than ever, you can't rank for a search term if you don't have a page of content for it. So yeah. simply by if adding that page of content, you'll actually rank for it and you'll get traffic for it. So going back to our dentist example, if you have a dentist that wants to rank for teeth whitening, wants to rank mm-hmm. for cosmetic dentistry, say wants to rank for dental implants... Without an individual page about those three different services, that and by page, we mean a good quality page of content. It's three or four paragraphs long minimum with a few pictures or a video. Without those pages of content, it is very, very hard to rank. Um, So, the flip side of that is just by having the pages of content, it's you know, you will get some traffic. And then also in the AdWords world, you shouldn't really be sending traffic to your website for a particular mm. keyword if you don't have a page about that keyword. so Exactly.
0: Quality score comes into play. Yep. So, yeah. Look, there's, uh, no, there's no re- Here's the thing, right? This is the thing that I get constantly amazed at is with the technology of websites that we have today that is so simple in terms of something like WordPress as a content management system, other than actually creating the content. Now, for some people that can be a bit of a challenge, but in, once you've got the content, putting the page up is a five-minute job Mm. you know it's not it's not rocket science to put a a fresh page of content up so you know if you know the specific things you want to target after you've done your keyword keyword research and you you then all you need to do is produce that page of content and as you just said you've increased the chances of actually getting some type of ranking than having nothing at all Mm -hmm. or trying to do everything off your homepage, which i see a lot a lot of people stuff 10 different subjects all on their homepage thinking that that's going to get them some sort of good ranking in, in Google.
1: Yeah, I mean for us, the homepage doesn't count anymore. So even though, so it's quite complicated, the algorithm at the Google alg- algorithm has changed quite a bit. So we never really try and rank the homepage anymore. So the homepage no. is really about the brand name and the business name. And then you know if we want to rank for Dentist Perth, we'll make the About Us page or the generic services page Will be we'll, that's the page that we want to rank for the Dentist Perth and we want to rank the homepage for the business name itself. So even though if I type in Cosmetic Dentist Perth, the homepage might show up at the top of the search results. That's because we have a page about cosmetic dentistry. So just because a page shows doesn't mean it's that page that's causing the rank. It could be something else within the websites that's doing it. Like the algorithm is very complicated and there's there's definitely a correlation versus causation thing in it Effect there as well that there's two hundred plus ranking factors and just because something correlates like the keyword rich domain name we've talked about so many times just because something ranks high and has a keyword rich domain name doesn't mean it's because of that keyword
0: rich domain name so. no no absolutely not and that's uh, they can be completely separate so yeah okay, what else have we got um, I've lost my spot on the list yeah.
1: well that's a, I guess that's the last one and you talk. A lot in the workshops as well about sending the AdWords traffic to the homepage. That I mean, that's one of the classic mistakes. Not, not to,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> all the
1: time. Yeah, picking yeah. up a. That's you know, if we do it as well. We get an AdWords account that someone else has been managing for years, and all the traffic is going to the homepage for every single search term. Now, in some cases, it makes sense to send the traffic to the homepage, but you know, if someone is typing in teeth whitening and you're sending them to the generic homepage instead of the teeth whitening page, then you know that's a pretty loose match and it's not going to perform as well as if you sent them directly to the
0: teeth wiping page. Yeah, that's it. And it's an extra click that someone has to make to get to the page and they potentially may not find the page. So just send them to the page. You know, they've told you you what they want. That's the thing. With the keyword research, you know – by the the traffic that you're targeting, what they want based on what they're searching on, pretty much. I mean, unless it's very very generic like dentist, then that's not specific as teeth whitening. But you know, teeth whitening or um, dental implants, as we're talking about, that's very specific, so that you know what they're wanting by by their actions of search. So yep. just send them through to the page. Um, makes it a lot easier for everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. um yeah, anything else to add? That's that's our list. I mean, for me, the biggest one I see time and time again and the biggest opportunity for improvement is, well, so, well the way we approach it with the clients now to kind of explain it, because a lot of clients come to us and they want to rank for a keyword and we'll say, well, let's switch it around and do it the other way. Let's list out all the services. Well, they want to rank for a keyword because they think it will sell a service or a product. So mm. the approach that we take and I will get clients to do this brainstorming activity is one, step one, spend 10 minutes, get a piece of paper and write down all the products and services you want. Step two, go and rank those products and services in terms of the most profitable or the ones you want to sell and priority order. Yep. Um, And then step three is, do we have a page of content for each of those products and services, particularly like the top three or five that you want to sell the most? And then step four is let's look at some keywords around those and some targeting. So, yeah, I mean, it's the... The approach to making keywords work is almost exactly the opposite to how most business owners are doing it these days. So I think if you did that simple exercise, you would be able to DIY a lot more. And you know, it's pretty easy to add a page of content to your website
0: and write that out. Yeah, that's so. very good. Maybe you could put that in the show notes, Brendan. Sure. Maybe I can make it a tool. Like, Ed. Maybe well, people say I'm a tool, but well, I think they're referring to something else. You but um, a, you have
1: a magic keyword tool. I want one too
0: yeah okay let's there you make one up Brendan. Well,
1: I do I do actually have a spreadsheet that's like here's the four columns
0: you know it's pretty easy so get it made son get it made.
1: Well, I will make it available for public use. How about that because the that other sounds good. The other part of that is there also might be some common questions that um, customers have about particular services you know like some of those things like dental implants and teeth whitening there's gonna be a lot of questions around that and if the questions are important enough and common enough that it might make sense to have some blog articles with those questions as well like mm. um you know like a common one how long how many t- treatments of teeth whitening do i have to have to have white teeth you know it might make sense to have that as a separate blog article and then you might actually rank for that search term as well so um if the search terms are different enough from each other, then it makes sense to have a page of content about that as well.
0: It does indeed. Very, very true. Good plan. All right. I think we're done. Cool. It's a big it's a big subject. We've you know, we haven't gone into minute detail on everything, but that's a good starting point for people who have really skipped over this sort of, you know, the subject of keyword research. They've got some places to start and um, getting their research done yeah. and typically we find that a lot of people who skip this uh, end up paying for it in the end and, yeah. and they have to go back to doing this. Yeah. So don't leave it till you know, you've gone down the path of spending lots of money on incorrect keyword terms and not getting any return. Do this first, get it in line, get it sorted and then… Everything else should make more sense as you go through the process of doing SEO and AdWords. Yeah, I think this is one definitely one of the foundational components that because there's so
1: many misconceptions, I think, allows people to spend money and not get a result or you know, not necessarily choose the best service provider either. So. Yeah, true. Cool.
0: Thank you, sir. All right, thanks, buddy. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone, for listening and we'll see you soon. You've been listening to the Business Marketing Show. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com on iTunes, SoundCloud and Stitcher.